The national championship has now been played and the 2023 college football season has come to an end. So on that note, let's review NC State's 2023 season. You are locked on Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? It's time to get locked in with Locked On. Thanks for making Locked On Wolfpack your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's right, $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Happy Tuesday to all. As always, I'm Grayson Boone, joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. Kenton, as I mentioned, the 2023 college football season has now finally come to an end. Actually, I say finally, it feels like a total blur. It feels like we should still be maybe somewhere in September at the rate of speed the season has whizzed by. But it is time to give our season in review. We've waited a couple weeks after the bowl game to let the dust settle. It's now time to look back at what a season it was. A bit of a roller coaster season in every sense of the imagination. To start here, give me your top three moments from this 2023 season. And then we'll talk about meeting expectations in just a bit. I would probably say, you know, and this is very long for a moment, but um Obviously, there's there's so much to be said about the way that this team finished out the year. And so you kind of would would ask yourself what in particular in there kind of gave you like, oh, man, this is this is something special. And I would probably say that six drive sequence offensively, where there was a touchdown every single drive for NC State against Virginia Tech. Uh, might have been five, might have been six. I'm not sure. But however many it was, it was more than we'd seen in quite some time, especially against the conference opponent of back-to-back-to-back touchdowns because it finally felt like – that felt like a nice moment of arrival in Raleigh. That felt like – and I know it's so late in the season to say that, but that truly felt like – up to that point, it felt like we were winning games with defense and winning ugly and winning however you got to win it. But at that point in time, it's like, and I was really, he's really doing this thing. He's really calling it amazingly. So that that would probably uh, be number three. Number two, oof, this one is, is off the field, but it's related to football. And neither one of these guys are going to be with us next year. But uh, when Aiden White was asked how Brendan Armstrong responded to uh, the benching, and he said, like a grown-ass man, right? Yeah. Like that's, you know, what a moment. What a moment that that very much so signifies, um, you know, who we are as a university and, and who he is as a young man. Things don't always go your way. Hard work does not guarantee success in, at, at anything in life, but it, it puts you in a better position. And for him to take that situation of I've worked hard, I've not succeeded. And, you know, with that, I will hand the reins over gleefully and say, hey, back this guy. Do what needs to be done for this guy uh, and, and just continue to put his head down and work. 
And then having that work acknowledged publicly by one of our captains before he even retook the field, it's got to be a great one. And the last one has got to be Peyton Wilson's final uh, final game in the red and white. I mean, that, he was a man possessed out there, you know. And the crazy part about it is that game was not something that we'd never seen from Peyton before. But it was in that moment against that team. The quote to end it all with, if you want to know about culture, come to Raleigh because those boys don't know nothing about it. You know, those those are, are moments that you've got to look back on with, with nothing but fondness in your heart. And I'll tell you, I wish, I wish that that wasn't the last time we saw Peyton put on the red and white. But, you know, if that is the way to go out, it's a hell of a way to go out. So no surprise here, but there is a little bit of overlap in our top three moments. I'll work backwards as well. My third moment is the five-game win streak, but highlighted, I guess you could say, by that win in Winston-Salem. We've had so many struggles over the years in Winston-Salem. I remain confident, even in the preseason, I was like, things will be different this year. We're going to win that game. I said it all season long. The week leading up to that game, we're going to Winston-Salem, and we're going to win this football game. To go out there and dominate them definitely ranked among uh, some of the top moments for me. So the five-game win streak as a whole, but certainly that game in Winston uh, for sure. Number two for me is the grown-ass man saga. That caught like absolute wildfire amongst our fan base and became a little bit of a rallying cry. You know, the early season struggles that the team went through, you had the quarterback turmoil, you had, you know, getting embarrassed in Durham, you had another, uh, another late change at the quarterback position. And everybody start to rally around Brennan when that thing happened. And you have to acknowledge that played a role in some of the team's late success. And Coach Dorn was saying that basically Brennan won the locker room over the day he was benched and the way he became a great teammate, get his, gets his chance again, comes back in, and leads us the rest of the way to finish out a very good season. So the grown-ass man saga is definitely my two spot. My number one moment of this season is Salty Dave. And it kind of in the same sense, it ignited something in this NC State fan base. Again, you have those early season struggles. You're really not sure what to expect against Clemson. You win that game with some dominant defense. And for Coach Dorn to address Steve Smith in the post game with, you know, we all know what he said at this point, but to, to reassure everybody this is still football season, and our fan base is locked into what we're trying to do here. Nobody's turning the page to basketball. Nobody's giving up hope in the Murphy Center. Nobody is looking anywhere else than what we than what we currently have in front of us here. And I love, and I've said this many times, I love when Dave Dorn gets fired up. That is when he's at his absolute best. You would run through an infinite amount of brick walls for Salty Dave. So I hope we see a whole lot more of Salty Dave in 2024, not necessarily born out of like necessity. I just want to see more emotion from Coach Dorn, get fired up and show these guys the way in that sense. So those are my top three moments. But now I want to pivot this into preseason expectations and then what we got as a result. Now, interestingly enough, we both actually predicted NC State to go nine and three. And we nearly predicted all three of the losses correctly as well. I did have us losing to both Notre Dame and Duke. The only game I had flipped was I had the Louisville and Clemson games reversed. Kenton, you had a loss to Notre Dame, 
and you had the Clemson and Miami results flipped as well. So turns out we almost nailed this thing exactly perfect. We had nine and three, but in in finishing nine and three here, do you feel like your expectations were met or exceeded based on how we turned out at the very end? So here's the thing. Coming into the season, I would say met. If you would have told me, hey, you'll end up at nine and three, that's, you know, I'd say met. But if you tell me all the things that this team goes through right. to get to nine and three, right? Like it's it's the old saying, it's it's uh the the real the real prize is the friends you meet along the way. But no, very seriously, the the real meat and bones of this season was the adversity that happened within it. Because there is normal adversity, right? Where you have injuries here and there. It's a violent game. You're gonna have things like that. But then there's something different where your quarterback won is not playing well. He's benched quarterback two, moves up to quarterback one. Quarterback one, then red shirts. Quarterback two goes back to quarterback one. That's unique. Your running back one transfers out in the middle of the season. Then your running back two is elevated to running back one. But, oh, wait, running back two is also going to decide to transfer out midseason. And so now you're you're in a very different situation there. And the safety – I mean, the safety room, those are injuries. You know, that's, that's something you saw. But, again – a situation where four and three, four and three, and everybody's ready to close the book. Everybody's ready to say, hey, this team may not win another game and all that good stuff. We're not everybody. Let me not say everybody. But a lot of folks were ready to pack it in here. And, you know, us two got on there in Durham at 1230 and told everybody, Every game is winnable, but every game is losable. And, and seeing the way that this team came out on the other end, I mean, it's a hell of a journey to get to that nine. So I would say, all in all, if you would have told me there's going to be multiple quarterback changes, top two running backs out the door, all that type of stuff, and still you're going to get nine, I would say exceed it. Nine and three matters, but the context of nine and three matters even more. And so as the season went on, of course, our expectations changed several times. So overall, I would say that my expectations were exceeded with a high amount of roster turnover, even in the middle of the season, which is very unprecedented at this point in time, but they just kept pushing. Regardless of what happened, the coaching staff kept them focused on the next play, the next game, the next whatever it needed to be to keep this train moving. And so that's nothing short of spectacular. Many of us after that game in Duke had no idea what the last half of the season was going to look like. Lo and behold, going 5-0, and which is completely absurd. So despite the two of us choosing a 9-3 and record correctly, my expectations were certainly exceeded. Up next, we'll be laying out our big picture takeaways for the 2023 season, effectively putting a bow on it for now, after a quick word from our sponsors. Our first sponsor of the day is Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape some of the crazy realities of life, but can we just be real for just a minute about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. It's pretty wild. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than loved ones being sick right in the middle of a supply chain issue, keeping them from potentially life-saving medications that they needed. But thankfully, we'll all be okay, and that's because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, amongst many more. This stuff can happen to any of us, and that's why it's important to visit jacemedical.com 
and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be more prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your first order. That's code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout to get $20 off your first order. Jace Medical. Now time for our 2023 season big picture takeaways. Kenton, I'll let you kick this one off. What are some of the main things you'll walk away from the 2023 season remembering for quite some time? Uh, I would probably say this this season was definitely a floor raiser, if that makes any sense. Yes. Because there were multiple moments where this team could have gave in and, and, you know, been like, eh, we're good with six. Eh, we're good with five. Eh, you know. And this team rallied around each other, fought back, did what they need to do to, to get to nine wins. And I don't know if you would consider the offseason to be part of the season, but also this is probably the most – the most exciting offseason that there's been in NC I'd, State football. I'd say it's related. And in, in NC State football history in quite some time. And so when you have the combination of the floor being raised and the optimism and the talent level being raised, you have to complete the final piece, which is raise the ceiling. That has to happen and it has to happen soon. So those are the probably the things I would take away here. The floor has been raised. There's excitement. There's buzz. Now let's raise that ceiling. Yeah, I'd say the offseason is related, and I think immediately about Keenan Jackson, who was talking about in his decision to flip, he watched the game against UNC, and you could feel the culture that maybe NC State fits him a bit more than UNC would. So I, I would say the offseason is related when it parlays into you know potential commitment decisions like that one. But my big picture takeaways here, and it kind of mirrors what you said, this 9-3 and season, it is a floor raiser because me – like. Growing up an NC State fan, I remember the dark days of like 2005 and 2006. And if you would have told Grayson in 2006 that one day NC State will eventually get to a point where they're winning eight to nine games a year, I would have foamed at the mouth. And especially if you would have told me that you would have started with one quarterback, you bench him, you go to another quarterback, he basically quits, you go back to the first quarterback, and you still win nine games, I would have foamed at the mouth. I would have called you a liar. I would have never believed you. The way that this program has leveled up during Dave Dorn's tenure is very apparent. you, You can't deny the way that he has leveled up this program. The adversity this team went through and you, the, the living embodiment of never giving up after that Durham game, you already highlighted it. You could have very easily see that team finish five and seven or six and six whatever it may be. Instead, they go the polar opposite direction and they went out. I'm not sure if many other teams could pull off something like that. I, I really don't know if NC State fans have fully grasped how insane that is. And this is a season where you beat Clemson, you beat Miami, you thrash UNC, you win at Winston, you win at Virginia Tech. Saying all of those things out loud in the same season is incredible. I would have foamed at the mouth in 2006. I promise you I would have. You look back at the early season struggles and implementing a new offensive coordinator and you felt, really felt actually, all of the growing pains. The offense was brutal to watch in the first four to five weeks of the season. 
And then finally, you know, they start hitting their stride. They, they start really figuring out how, how to get the ball into the hands of their best playmaker. I already sort of mentioned it, but some of the roster turnover midseason, you lose your top two running backs in the middle of a season. Like, how many other teams has that really been happening to ever? Yeah. Maybe you might see that become more regular now, but it's it's so it's so strange to sort of conceptualize that, and it still didn't derail us. Yeah, I mean, even now with the transfer portal, you you wouldn't expect to see that much turnover and turmoil in the backfield. You you wouldn't expect to see, um, you know, multiple different starting quarterback flips. You wouldn't expect to see running back one and two transfer out because nine times out of ten, if you're in the front seat, you're not going to give it up. Right. You're going to fight for that thing with your life, you know. And and even if you slide back a seat, you're not often going to see guys transferring mid season especially a guy that's as senior as Jordan Houston was in terms of, you know, only having a year left. It's, it's, these were oddities that NC state got over, got around, got through, however you want to put it. All of these midseason shenanigans and you still win nine games. I don't really know what to make of it, but the NC state stuff, you would have expected it to rear its ugly head several different times this year. And maybe you could say it did by us, you know, coming up short against Louisville and ultimately kept us out of the ACC championship game. Maybe that falls under that category. But so many other things you would have thought, based on NC State's past, things will go horribly wrong. And they kept fighting through it. And so my main takeaway is that this this will be one of the crazier seasons I have ever remembered for NC State football. And they capped it with smoking UNC to get to a nine and three season. That is a successful season. Again, it raises the floor of this program and it makes you even more excited when you have such an immediate bang in the off season with all these transfer portal guys, you're looking at 2024 and you're maybe feeling as confident as ever in the history of NC state football about what could come next year. I know we are the wait till next year's school but for the first time and maybe ever, you really start to buy into what next year might actually hold. You talk about the portal class. You talk about the recruiting class, two of the best we've ever seen. And I know portal classes are new, but, you know, you talk about all those things. You've got you've got excitement building here. This was supposed to be, I was told multiple times, this was a rebuilding year. If you get nine in rebuilding, when you build back, what is it supposed to look like? You know what I mean? That's That's got to be the question here. Up next, we're going to round out our Tuesday episode with some basketball edition of a whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of something after a quick word from our sponsors. Our second sponsor of the day is FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the action at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's right, $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, and making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which I highly recommend as it is the best way to find the most popular parlays. This upcoming weekend will be NFL Wildcard Weekend, and to make it just a little bit more wild, get over to FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet. It says a layup. I'm going to say a touchdown. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Last couple minutes of our Tuesday show, it will be a whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of something, and this will be 
UNC NC State basketball edition as that matchup is coming up on Wednesday night. So we got to start getting in the right mindset for one of the biggest basketball games of the year. We have three topics here. Here's the first one. UNC NC State PNC Arena on Wednesday night. Now looking at schedules here, this will be UNC's third consecutive road game in the ACC. Do you think something like this matters at this point in the season? Whole lot of nothing or whole lot of something? I would say whole lot of nothing only because of how close the road game is. It's not a true road game where you're sleeping in a hotel, you're having to, um, you know, you're you're having to be in a completely unfamiliar surroundings where you don't know, you know, anything about what's going on there and you're kind of having to lock in or, and rally around each other. It's not necessarily that situation. Like, I'm pretty sure they're going to drive over in a bus to get ready for this game. They're going to do everything that they normally do, just get in a bus, get ready, come in that way. Um, so I'll say a whole lot of nothing in that regard. And that this isn't a true, you know, what you think of when you think of a, a road game. Purely on the court stuff, it's a whole lot of nothing. I'm sure UNC's coming in super focused, just like they would any other game, despite they haven't played at home in three games. But here's where NC State fans can make it a whole lot of something. If you pack PNC and you wear red, if you're making it hell on earth for the dirty foot boys to come in and try and get a win on the road, then perhaps it will be a whole lot of something. But that is up to Wolfpack Nation. I cannot wait to see the turnout. I'm hoping, I'm praying that they can do just enough in the stands and on the court to bring home a win on Wednesday. Next one here. In the two games last season against Carolina, the free throw discrepancy was a very hot topic. It was 63-22 to in favor of Carolina. Do you see this potentially again this year? And if so... A whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of something? Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. There's going to be a whole lot of something. Uh, the reality is NC State has to be prepared to, you know, understand the refs are going to be against you and do everything you can to win in spite of that. You know, I, I talk about this a lot, uh, but Coach Richard warned us in, in high school at Cast Tech, hey, they're going to call at least a touchdown back or they're going to give the other team a touchdown every single game in the state playoffs. And he didn't lie. He didn't lie. Now, granted, obviously, high school is a lower level. The discrepancy in talent is much different than it is in college. But you've got to realize that, you know, the flopping like a fish and all that, that's going to get the calls. And, and you know, it. there was a statistical anomaly in terms of, I believe it was Syracuse and then us back-to-back games that they were like, hey, every statistician says that this is virtually impossible to happen. We won't see this big of a free throw discrepancy again in two conference games in the next 50 years. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's a reason that things like that happen. So be prepared. You know, I I mean, Hey, there's that it's the nature of the beast. When you play the dirty foot club there, you know, it is what it is. Maybe we should set an over under on the amount of a from RJ Davis (laughs) on Wednesday night, but For me, I'm going to go a whole lot of nothing in the sense where you can't let this be in your mindset coming into this game. In the in, you got to leave last year. Last year, you got to focus on what you need this year on the court. They're slightly different team in Carolina. We're a much different team in NC State this year. The pieces are different. They're going to play different. I understand UNC's play style. They're going to try and get to the lane. They're going to try and impose their will down low and shoot as many foul shots as they can get. So NC State, you know, we also understand the way that we play defense, but the way that we play defense is much different 
this year. The defensive metrics are actually currently higher for NC State, which is a reversal of fortune from years past and that the offense has kind of led the way. I'm not expecting a, a super big discrepancy like we imagined last year. So we have got to go out and just play NC State basketball because that can be enough. My thing is leave no doubt. That's why I say it's a whole lot of something. Expect it. Expect it. Play as if you're already coming in minus 15 and like, hey, we're this is the whistles are going to go that way. That it's going to give them that. So we got to leave no doubt. We got to make this thing so convincing that, you know, the, the you just look stupid trying to keep this thing closer or, or rewarding the A's. You know, you just look crazy. Last one here. Jaden Taylor on Twitter put himself in the ACC depoy conversation ahead of defending the current leading scorer in the ACC in R.J. Davis. He's averaging 20.6 points per game. Whole lot of nothing, whole lot of something. On October 28th, 1986, long before you, I, or Jaden Taylor were even thoughts in this world, there was a group called the Cover Girls, and they came out with a song called Show Me, okay? And in the song, they said, show me, show me that you really love me. Actions speak louder than words. Guess what, Mr. Taylor? Now's the time. If you really want to be that defensive player of the year, show me. Show me you really want it. Go out there, take the matchup of the ACC's leading scorer. And I promise you, I this is, if you make it difficult on him, if you make it so clear that, hey, I'm not following him, he just can't do nothing with me, and put him in a straitjacket. If NC State wins this game and you hold him, uh, you hold R.J. Davis to, you know, well under his his season average. I'm willing to bet any amount of money so long as you don't give up 30 in any game going forward, you'll win defensive player of the year. But you've got to earn it, Jaden. You've got to go out there and earn it in this way. I don't love putting yourself in this conversation so early in January. But again, this is your opportunity. Reviewing the, the candidates for the ACC depoy, this is a game where if you shut down R.J. Davis, that will go into the conversation. This is a prime opportunity to put yourself actually in that running. You've seen the defensive prowess of Taylor many, many times this year. This is the toughest test to date. RJ Davis has been on an absolute tear for the Dirty Foot Club. Don't let him have whatever he wants in PNC on Wednesday night. If you can keep him locked down, again, you, you give NC State a phenomenal chance to win this ball game because then they got to rely more so on Baycott. And I'm not so sure I like Baycott against Middlebrooks, Diara, and Burns in this game. So put R.J. Davis on an island and let everyone else go to work here. This is a whole lot of something. There's a reason that brother hasn't gone to the NBA and he's been starting for as long as he has. He is not trying to get ready to uh, learn some some uh, Mandarin. Brother is not yeah. trying to get ready to learn some Italian, some Lebanese. He He's not there. He's just not there, okay? Brother might have to learn some LinkedIn if he's not too careful. Hey there. Hey now. May, may have to learn some, hey, do you want to get trained by an all-ACC athlete? Well, come on down. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. That'll do it for us here on Tuesday, as always. Thank you all so much for tuning in with us. Hit that like button. Drop your comments in the comment box. Tell us what you think about Jaden Taylor putting himself in the ACC depoy conversation so early in the season. 
Tell us what you think about this UNC matchup coming up on Wednesday evening. We're going to have more thoughts and predictions on Wednesday's show, including Kenton's keys for basketball the first time this season. <clears throat> Tell us what you think about NC State's football season in review. Tell us some of your favorite moments. Whatever's on your mind, lay it out in the comment box. And as always, hit that subscribe button as we continue to grow this thing, now basketball style. We'll see you all tomorrow. Until then, go Pack. Go Pack.